Hello, my friends. It's been a little bit of a hectic week, but we're back for this week's episode of the Practical Parsha podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn. I hope you are well. School is a great invention. Thank God, with camp being over and school net yet starting, we've been having Camp Mommy, Camp Daddy. It's all good, but we're counting down the days till school begins. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or like to reach out, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlamokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. This week's Parsha is Parsha Shoftim. And there are many mitzvos given in this week's Parsha. The Parsha starts off with the obligation of the Jewish people to set up a court system, to have judges, to have officers to enforce the law, to make the law when the Jewish people enter the land of Israel. The Parsha tells us of the Zokain Mamre, the, this case of a rebellious elder, how to deal with him if he disregards the directives of the sages and what's to be done. The mitzvah for the Jewish nation to have a king is given to us in this week's Parsha, as well as the special priestly gift, the Matnas Kahuna, the different gifts that were given to the Kohanim, such as the tithes and gifts of wool, oil, and different meats, so the Kohanim, the priests of the nation, could be supported to be the teachers of the Jewish people and to completely devote themselves to the service of Hashem. The Parsha continues with the, the mitzvah to set up cities of refuge, or a miklot, that were special cities that were designated throughout Eretz Yisrael, throughout Israel, and on the other side of the Jordan as well, to serve as a place of refuge for someone who had killed inadvertently, to protect them from the Redeemer of the blood, from the closest relative who would have the right to kill the person. And if, they, if this inadvertent killer would be in a city of refuge, they would be protected. And the Torah spells out for us the halachos of a city of refuge, a Ari Miklat. Another interesting mitzvah in this week's parsha um, is the mitzvah of this of the Kohen Meshuach Mohama. It's about the special high priest that was appointed before the Jewish people would go out to war. He would gather the Jewish people and speak to them and lead them into battle. The parsha concludes with the intriguing mitzvah of the axed heifer, the Egla Arufa. That if somebody was found killed outside of the city and they didn't know who the murderer was, the Torah describes for us a elaborate ritual which would take place. It's a mitzvah. The sages would come out of the city with this heifer, this calf that never bore a yoke and the Torah describes for us the process of the, the, the sages would wash their hands, ask for forgiveness. They would declare that their hands have not spilled this blood. And the commentaries discuss the significance uh, of this mitzvah. What was the purpose? Obviously, the first reason that this mitzvah is a chok. It's a divine ordinance. But nevertheless, some reasons are given for us to understand this special commandment. The first idea I wanted to share with you today focuses in on the first Pasuk of this week's Parsha. The first Pasuk reads, Judges and officers shall you appoint in all your cities, 
which Hashem your God gives you for your tribes, and they shall judge the people with righteous judgment. As I mentioned earlier, this first verse is giving a commandment. Moshe Rabbeinu is giving a mitzvah to the Jewish people to set up a court system to make sure that anarchy does not reign. You need to have a system of laws and a way to enforce those laws to have a functioning society. Now, the commentaries do explain homiletically different interpretations of this verse for us to learn personal lessons from because, you know, most of us that are listening are not judges. We're not police officers. If you, maybe there are some of you who are judges, maybe you are a judge, maybe you are a police officer. But for me and for others that are listening to this podcast, how does this Pasuk talk to us? And I saw brought down two different ideas that I want to share with you today. So number one, that judges and officers you shall appoint for yourself in your gates. Now, it's brought down, the Chida brings down from Rav Chaim Vital that when it says, Sha'arecha, your gates, it's not just referring to your cities, but it's referring to yourself. That a person should put judges and officers by our gates. And what that means is, on a, in a little bit of a deeper meaning, a deeper understanding, is that we have different ways of taking in information. We see things. We hear things. We smell things. And the different senses that we pick up affect us. You know, if we, it's brought down scientifically, if someone smells something good, they'll be in a good mood, right? If they hear some nice music, it'll put, make them happy. Or if it's vice versa, smell something bad, you'll be in a bad mood. Hear some, you know, nasty music and you'll be angry. What is the Torah telling us here? That you should appoint judges and officers by your gates. That when the Torah is telling us to appoint judges by our gates, it means all our sense organs, the, the gatekeepers to all the information that we take in. That all these, the different ways that we take in information, the things that we see, the, the different sounds that we hear, right? And even the smells that we smell, we have to put judges there and officers there to make sure that only the appropriate things come in. You know, we all look at ourselves that we're in control of our own lives. But yet at the same time, we might not realize, we might not admit that the things we see, the things we hear have an effect on us. It can change us and make us into a better person or a more coarse person. You know, I always like to say, if you wouldn't watch any news for a month, or if a person wouldn't watch any movies for a month, right? And then after that month or two months, you know, watch a movie, a violent movie, it'll bother you. Why? Because we've become desensitized, you know, when we, when we see something happen because of Hollywood and because of the world that we live in, 
we become desensitized to violence, to, to bad things. But if we separate from that for a little bit, our natural you know, sensitivity, our natural purity can come back. And this is one idea in the Parsha, a little bit of a deeper understanding of the words of the Pasuk, that it's not just setting up a court system by every single city, as the simple understanding of the verse is telling us, but it's also setting up a system of checks and balances for our own selves to make sure that all our gates are guarded, that there's judges and officers by all the openings that we take in information, by the things that we see, we're careful with what we see, right? We're careful with what we listen to, right? We we want to keep that sensitivity to make sure it doesn't go away. And that's one idea from this Pasuk that can talk to us specifically, no matter who we are. A second idea from this verse, which is really applicable to every single person, is that if you read the Pasuk, judges and officers you shall appoint. But it, it also be read, Titen Lacha, as appoint yourselves as judges. Not just that we should appoint others to be judges, but you could also read the verse of Titen Lacha, meaning Titen Lacha, appoint yourself as a judge. What does that mean? Appoint yourself as a judge? I should be the judge of my city? That's not what it means. It means that we all have obligation to study Torah. And it's not just one part of the Torah, it's all the Torah. Now, I'm not trying to scare anybody here. We have a lifetime of, of work cut out for us, and we have to strive to push ourselves to learn. But what the verse is telling us here is that it's not just for us to say someone else should learn, but rather we have to become people to become individuals, to try to strive and become a judge, right? The Torah spells out for us that the judges had to be righteous judges, obviously had to be someone who was a Torah scholar, who knew the whole Torah in order to judge cases that come before, you know, come before you. A judge has to be someone knowledgeable, knows the width and breadth and depth of the Torah. So it can't just be that someone else needs to become that judge, but rather we have to view ourselves that we should strive to appoint ourselves as judges. That we have that obligation to push ourselves to learn, to study, to strive to be the biggest Talmud Chacham and the biggest Torah scholars we can be. Although only one in a thousand will actually become a judge of Jewish people, it's still incumbent upon us to do all we can and to use all of our abilities to reach our true potential. Because if we don't have that aspiration and we don't have that, you know, ideal of what we need to get to, then we're for sure not going to get there. And it's from this week's Parsha, from this verse, the obligation to set up judges, says Ramosha Feinstein, that each and every individual 
has an obligation to use their kochos, their strengths, to reach their true potential, to study Torah, to perform mitzvos, and not to assume uh, that it's on someone else. No one has an obligation to administer medicine. But if someone learns about medicine and becomes a doctor, they have an obligation to do it. But with Torah, it's different. From here we see, from this week's Parsha, from this verse, we see it's incumbent upon us, for all of us, to use all our abilities to become that judge, to appoint ourselves as judges. And even though we all might not get there, but we still have the obligation to do what we can to reach that goal. And, you know, as it says in Perkeavos, Loy Alecha Hamalacha Ligmar, that the job is not on us to finish, but rather the job is on us to do the most we can. And the results are in the hand of Hashem. And if we truly have our heart in the right place, we will find success. Another thought I wanted to share with you today looks at the Pasuk, the famous Pasuk of Tomim Tia Im Hashem Elokecha. You shall be wholehearted with Hashem your God. That the Torah, when it's telling us about prophecy, tells us that we shouldn't try to think about the future. Rather, we should be wholeheartedly with Hashem. And Rashi explains on this verse that Tomim Tia Hashem Elokecha. We should walk with Hashem with wholeheartedness. And we should want Him. We should cleave to Hashem. We shouldn't start thinking about the future. What's going to be, you know, wondering what's the plan for the world. But rather, whatever comes to us, whatever happens to us, we should accept with wholeheartedness. And then we'll be with Hashem. And the commentaries talk a lot about the meaning of this verse and this mitzvah to be wholehearted with Hashem. Ramosha Feinstein brings down that there's two different aspects to this mitzvah. Number one is, is this overcoming our natural curiosity to know what the future is. You know, we always have this curiosity. We want to know what's going to be, what's going to be. And it's not just the stock market. We want to know what's going to be with the world. And you see signs for psychics and tarot cards. And obviously these people, if they're advertising, there's a market for them. Everyone wants to know what's going to happen. Rather, we don't have permission to know what will happen. And most times, and a prophet is prohibited from revealing his knowledge of what will happen unless Hashem actually commands him to reveal it. The focus that we should have is a focus of living with Hashem. That whatever happens to us is for our best, is for our benefit. And when we live this way, we're not thinking about the future, but rather we're, we're in the now, we're able to live the most productive life and not live with this worry of what's going to be. Because all thinking about what's going to be in the future is not something which is helpful for us in the now. So the mitzvah of Tamim Tiyayim Hashem Lokecha is a mitzvah where we need to focus on living with Hashem in the moment, not trying to figure out what's going to be in the future, 
and by living in the now. Obviously, it doesn't mean that we can't plan for the future to save up money if we have a wedding coming up or an expense or people want to save up money for retirement or the likes. But it, it means a little bit more than that to not try to um, think about every scenario which can go wrong and try to plan for that. You have to live like a normal person. Whatever society does, which is normal, which is acceptable, that's incumbent upon a person. But to start making calculations and to worry about situations that haven't even come up yet, that are not in front of us, that is not incumbent upon us. And we don't have to do that. We don't have to put ourselves in that position. At the same time, there's a second aspect you shall be wholehearted with Hashem your God. That although we're prohibited from overly thinking about the future, you know, obviously only things that are in front of us, the same token when it comes to spiritual pursuits and spiritual matters and spiritual dreams and visions, we were it's incumbent upon us to think, to be with Hashem to think beyond our biggest expectations, our biggest dreams and imaginations. You know, and, and that's the mindset that people had when they established the great yeshivas that are all over the world today. When they started off, you think of Rav Aaron Cutler, the founder of the Lakewood Yeshiva. When he started his yeshiva in 1948, the whole concept of married men sitting and learning didn't exist in the Jewish world. People asked him, so are they becoming rabbis? And he said, no, they're learning to learn. And he transformed the landscape of the Torah world. And the same thing could be said for you know the great Torah leaders of, of Israel, the Panovich Arav, that when he started his yeshiva, the Panovich yeshiva, people thought he was crazy. He wanted to build a huge yeshiva that just happened to Holocaust to build this massive yeshiva, and he did it. Rav Aaron did it. All the yeshivas, they started with this, you know, amazing dream, which almost seemed impossible. But they pushed through with the vision, even without, even when the calculations didn't necessarily make sense. They pushed through, and they did it, and they accomplished, because Tamim Im Hashem you have to live with Hashem. And, and that means living with Hashem when it comes to our spiritual dreams as well. So on one side, when it comes to our life and the things that we worry about, we shouldn't worry about things that are not in front of us, which are in the air. But at the same time, when it comes to our spiritual dreams and visions, we should dream bigger than we could ever imagine and live with Hashem. Let Hashem take care of it. Let Hashem give us success. Leave the future to Hashem in both sides when it's our physical life and also in our spiritual. So when it's our spiritual, to go for the gold and to, to, to try to accomplish more than we could ever imagine. So with that, I'm going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomakon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. Have a great day.